Welcome back to It Doesn't Look Good, brought to you by Hope Against Hope. I'm your host, Tim. Today's episode is the season two finale. Thanks for taking the time to join us over the last seven weeks. This week, I got to sit down with a good friend named Lauren. Lauren wears a lot of hats, from youth girls small group leader, to dance teacher, to director of a nonprofit. Today, she's going to tell us about her struggle with an eating disorder and how God can free us, even from the things that we think we'll have to struggle with for the rest of our lives. So without further ado, here's the episode. I grew up in a Christian home and my parents were wonderful examples of what it looked like to follow Christ. And so I have known Jesus from a very young age and I have no memory growing up of struggling at all with my body or my relationship with food. I think growing up, my parents always wanted us to be involved in some sort of physical activity and so but it could be anything we wanted it to be so for me i grew up dancing and doing competitive figure skating and i was always (laughs) very active but i never remember being like aware of how my body compared to others or struggling with that at all so hold on before we jump into the the body image and all of that stuff why don't you tell us about the dancing and the figure skating what do you want to know about it? Well, I mean, it's not every day that you meet a <laughs> like a competitive figure skater. Yeah, I really don't know how I started doing that. I think I saw it on TV. I really don't remember. Like um, Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding kind of thing? I mean, sure. <laughs> not quite that level, but yeah, so I did that for like five years and then I was not I was not going to go anywhere with that, so I switched to dance. Okay. So so like jazz dance like jazz mostly like jazz contemporary a little bit of ballet okay cool so, yeah. but both of those sports are very much sports where people do tend to struggle with body image sure. and eating disorders because they're very focused on physical appearance but that was not the case for me i don't remember ever struggling with those things when i was younger so all of like childhood middle school high school i remember being confident in my body and not not ever struggling with those things When I got to the end of my senior year of high school, I felt like I started to become a little bit more aware maybe of how my body kind of measured up to other people's, but I still wouldn't say that I had like negative feelings towards it or necessarily wanted to change it. I just kind of became more aware of my body and also kind of more aware of how other people talked about their bodies or other people's bodies. So. I had some friends my senior year of high school who also were in dance or cheerleading and some of them were going to go on to do those things in college. And I remember some conversations happening where they were talking about how to do those sports in college, they needed to lose weight or they were going to be weighed weekly or they needed to be able to run a mile in a certain amount of time. And that's a like mm-hmm. weekly weigh-ins is yes. a thing yes. in college. If you're going to do certain collegiate activities. Yes. Sport and all sports? Not all sports, but sports that are very focused on physical appearance, yes. So like cheerleading and dance. And so I remember those friends talking about those things, and some of those friends were tiny, like flyers and cheerleading, tiny. And so I, I don't remember thinking immediately like, oh, I need to lose weight, but I do remember thinking like, oh, well, they're really tiny and like they're thinking about how they need to lose weight, like maybe that's something I should think about. And then around the same time, 
I also remember just hearing a lot of people around me talk in a very derogatory manner about the freshman 15. And I was a a senior in high school, so I was about to go off to college. And For those that don't know, the freshman 15 (laughs) is the 15 extra pounds that you gain the freshman year of your college experience. I guess we tend to eat cafeteria food or (laughs) or cookies I don't know (laughs) we're in charge of our own diets finally yes and so I remember people around me talking in a really derogatory manner about other people who had come back from college and had gained the freshman 15 and I think it instilled this fear in me that that was the worst thing that I could do when I went off to college was the worst thing I could do was gain the freshman 15. And so it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to lose weight initially. It was just like, oh, I really don't want to gain weight. So what do I need to do to keep that from happening? So I graduated high school and I was used to dancing all the time, but I wasn't going to be dancing as much in college. And so I started thinking like, okay, well, what am I going to do to prevent gaining weight. Honestly, it started as like a pursuit of being healthy. Like I want to continue to be active. And so not necessarily the freshman 15, you just wanted to continue. Like you didn't want to, you weren't fending off the boogeyman. You just (laughs) wanted to continue to live a healthy lifestyle, knowing that you weren't going to be as active as you had been in the past. So you're thinking about what do I need to do to remain healthy? I think so. Yes. I think it did stem from a place of wanting to be healthy, but subconsciously I had a lot of fear about gaining weight, but I didn't really realize that at the time. To me, I was like, oh, I'm just pursuing health. And so I started running. I hated running. I could not run a mile without stopping. So I I just would, don't blame (laughs) I would go out and like run, walk a mile just to do something. And so it really did start very innocently. And that probably went on like all of the summer. And I started running a little bit more and increasing mileage a little bit, but it still was like I would just go out and go run a couple miles and that was it. Sure. So when I went to college in the fall, I went to school three hours away from my family. I'm very close to my family. So it was the first time I had like been away from them. And the first maybe like month or so I met people and girls that I thought like these are going to be my friends. These are going to be my people. And honestly just started to experience a lot of rejection from those friendships And it wasn't just with like one person or one group of people. It just seemed like anyone that I thought like these are going to be my people ended in like exclusion or rejection. And so around that time, I also was still trying to pursue like health. And so I was running some and I at some point around there started counting calories. And I think at first, again, it was very innocent. It was like, okay, I just want to be aware of like what I'm eating. Yeah. And I think subconsciously I didn't want to gain weight, so I wanted to just like keep an eye on it. What 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 was the kind of the catalyst for obviously you're running, run walking, just trying to stay healthy, but what do you think was the catalyst for okay, now I'm going to take this next step and start counting calories? I don't know to be honest. I think it just kind of seems like the natural next step to like oh this is how you pursue health maybe people around me were doing it honestly I'm not really sure I just think it kind of seemed like the next just like kind of the natural progression of healthy lifestyle yes we run walk we count calories yeah (laughs) yes and so around that time I was starting to feel really lonely I felt like 
the people that I thought were going to be my friends just it was not painting out how I had hoped and felt like I was experiencing a lot of rejection from friendships and naturally just from like running more and counting calories I started to like lose a few pounds and it wasn't I don't even think it was intentional at that point I just it naturally happened and I remember I went home one weekend and went to like a high school football game and someone came up to me and was like oh have you lost weight you look great and that just kind of like fueled the fire I was lonely I was like seeking the approval of people and I didn't feel like I was getting it and so when someone said like hey like you look so healthy you look so great you've lost weight it was like oh okay like this is good like people are like noticing me people are like complimenting me and so that just kind of fueled the fire and it spiraled into a really unhealthy obsession and so I quickly started lowering how many calories I was eating significantly to the point where I was probably eating like what a toddler needs. Each day I would let myself earn more food by exercising more. So I would set my calories super low, but if I worked out that day, then I would earn more food. At this point, this was how far into your freshman year? Probably still like the first semester. First semester. Mm-hmm. So, so it happened progression very quickly. Pretty, yeah. And you are here so now it's beyond just run walking counting calories to now instead of just counting calories you've created a pretty large calorie deficit yes and I was starting to run more too so at this point I was training for a 10k so I was increasing like running more frequently I also would do things like cancel social plans because I wanted to go to the gym like I could not miss a workout so I would cancel things like social plans so that I wouldn't miss a workout or if I went out to eat I would only order whatever was like the lowest calorie item on the menu. I would very like obsessively and compulsively exercise so it was very much like I have to go exercise like right this second or like oh I ate this and I shouldn't have so I have to go like burn it off and my mind was just consumed. I feel like I did not think about anything else. I would spend hours analyzing things like height and weight and BMI charts on the internet. I had convinced myself that I was only healthy if I was like the absolute lowest number on those charts for someone my height. Like I had to be the lowest number. And so that continued. Nowhere near the lowest number, (laughs) just to be clear. Well, I'm not either because I'm not meant to be. But at the time, I had convinced myself like, I'm not healthy if I'm anywhere else in that range. Like I have to be like the lowest number. And so I quickly got to the lowest number on those charts. And when I did, I started having some health problems and nothing that was super, super significant, but enough that I was like, this is not normal for me. And those continued for probably the next like eight months to the point where I was like, okay, this isn't normal. Like I should probably go to the doctor. And so around the time that I went to the doctor, I, at this point, I really was still convinced that what I was doing was healthy. I had no idea that it wasn't. And I remember I was in the car with my roommate and she caught me counting calories and I did not realize I was hiding it until I was caught. (laughs) And we were going out to eat somewhere and I think I was trying to like pick in my app like what I could order that was like the lowest, you know, calories on the menu that would fit the very low number of calories I was letting myself eat that day. And I remember she like, I was trying to hide my phone and she saw it and I didn't even realize I was trying to hide it. 
it's very interesting that it's something on a subconscious level almost like you knew this is not healthy yeah but you were so convinced that that's what you had to do to be healthy yes or to be to get that that little recognition and being noticed by people I like at the game mm-hmm. yeah so I remember she quote-unquote like caught me counting calories and she said Lauren like are you counting calories and I said oh yeah 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 but like I'm I'm just trying I don't remember what I said I think I made up some excuse like oh I'm just trying to be healthy or whatever and she was like you do not need to count calories and I just kind of blew her off but I think that was kind of a wake-up call of like okay maybe what I'm doing is not healthy maybe I shouldn't be doing this I'm trying to hide it from people And so around that same time is when I went to the doctor and she kind of blew me off. She was like, you're just stressed. Like, it'll go away. It's fine. And my mom, I was 18. So my mom like went with me and she was like, are you sure it couldn't be because she's running more? Like, I don't think my mom knew. She did not know that I was counting calories and all these other things, but she was concerned about like how much I was running and The lady was like, no, like, I don't think so. I think it's just stress. And I think subconsciously I knew that I was not eating enough at that point. And so So, I think I even said, like, could it be because I've lost weight? And she kind of blew me off again and was like, no, not really. So at this point you have increased the amount of running and even decreased the calories again? Um, or you honestly, that, I don't know. I think yeah. I had kind of probably maintained a progression of yes. working out and you didn't want to miss workouts. So you're yes. running more and more and more. Yes. Okay. And eating less. And this went on for, at this point it had probably been like eight or nine months. Yeah. So it's towards the end of my freshman year. And so she kind of blew me off, but I think I left and I knew like, I, I think I questioned if I gained some of the weight back, will these health problems go away? And so I did. I gained the weight back. The health problems did go away. And so I was like, okay, great. Like, I'm good. And I think I remember wondering, like, could this have been an eating disorder? But in the back of my head, I kept thinking, like, I gained the weight back. My health problems went away. Like, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. And I never addressed, like, any of the underlying, like, things I was maybe believing or lies I was believing. I was unaware. That wasn't even like something I was aware to do. So we've talked a little bit about the health issues and things like that and the the health side of everything. Let's just kind of shift for just a minute and we'll come back to that here in a second. But I know that you had spent some time with some girls that you thought were going to be your uh, really good friends throughout your college years and that didn't pan out like the way you had hoped that it would. Um, so you were struggling with just feeling lonely some too. So where were you at spiritually in all of this time? I think I was turning to the Lord for things like loneliness and rejection. So I think like I was taking those things before him. I was following the Lord. I was seeking him. But because I thought that all of these things I was doing with food were healthy, it was totally Like, I was not aware that it was something I should, like, bring before the Lord. So this felt very much like something totally separate from my walk with the Lord, if that makes sense. Like, I wasn't 
something I brought before him. It wasn't something I like was aware I needed to bring before him. You didn't feel like it was a struggle. No. (laughs) And like, it's like, you know, it's not an active sin. Right. So it's like, whoa. Yeah. I get. And now I can see that there was sin that was playing a part. I was believing a lot of lies and in seeking approval from people and not from the Lord, but I was totally unaware I was doing that at the time. And so I had no idea I even needed to bring it before the Lord. And so I think I was seeking him in other things but not in this. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So I gained the weight back. My health problems went away. And so I thought like, okay, great. And now I know that this was definitely the enemy. But at the time, I thought I just kind of convinced myself that I shouldn't tell anyone that I thought that I had maybe struggled with an eating disorder. Because at this point, I was like, I wonder if that's what it was. Like, I was not eating enough. And I lost a bunch of weight very quickly. But immediately, the enemy told me like, People won't believe you if you tell them you thought you had an eating disorder because you technically were never underweight. Like I could have lost one more pound and been underweight, but like I technically wasn't underweight. So you don't need to tell anyone. All I knew of eating disorders at the time was anorexia and bulimia. And to meet the criteria for anorexia, you do have to be significantly underweight. I did not know that there were other eating disorders that I definitely met the criteria for at the time. And so I convinced myself like, no one would believe you if you told them, so just don't yeah. tell them. I, I feel like, for me personally, uh, the two big ones are anorexia yes. and bulimia. Everybody's heard of them. Uh, but also for me personally, I don't, I couldn't tell you a third. Yeah. And so I think probably a significant portion of the audience is going to be in that same boat. Yeah. And so I think that's uh, one of the, like, I'm glad you're telling the story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I convinced myself I should not tell anyone else. And so I did not tell a soul for seven years. (laughs) And I think I questioned that maybe it was an eating disorder, but even I doubted. Like, I think I even convinced myself like, no, it wasn't. You're fine. Like, don't ever tell anyone. And so I didn't. So for those next like seven years, I wouldn't say that I had a full-blown eating disorder at that point, but I would say that I still had a lot of really disordered patterns of behavior around food in my body. This is for, this is from the time that you gained like, the weight back yes. until seven years later, you still were struggling. It wasn't like you gained the weight back. Oh, I may or may not have had an eating disorder for that time, but now I'm good it was you were still struggling to some degree with that yes because I had not realized what lies I was believing or why I did any of that in the first place and so like I hadn't addressed any of the underlying roots and so I was not like starving myself or like losing weight but I was still doing a lot of really disordered things yeah still Um, counting calories I was not counting calories at this point but most of my really disordered behaviors were more around exercise so I had a lot of like really strict rules that I didn't realize like maybe weren't normal I also think in our society a lot of this is really normalized and so people don't really realize that like you don't have to live this way or this isn't the way the Lord created us to live because in our society a lot of people do these things and and maybe not to the degree that I was doing them but a lot of these things I would say are very common for people. And so also I think that's part of the reason I convinced myself like, oh, I'm fine because everyone around me was doing a lot of the same things. So for me, I was not like actively counting calories or losing weight, but I still had rules on like, 
I wouldn't allow myself to eat certain foods or if I did eat them, I had to like burn a certain number of calories to eat, to let myself eat that food. Yeah. I would step on the scale at least once a day and what the scale said would maybe determine how many times or like what I did to work out that day. So how many calories I burned gotcha. or what I ate. So like if the number on the scale was higher than I wanted, then I might like, I don't know, I might work out more that day or choose to eat something that was like, I'm not necessarily counting calories, but I would choose to eat something that I knew was maybe less calories. Or if the number on the scale was lower than I wanted, then like maybe I would let myself eat foods I didn't always let myself eat. Yeah, that is something like I feel like a lot of people would look at and say oh well she's just very disciplined yes I did get that a lot yeah. <laughs> people would tell me that all the time like oh I wish I had your like self-control or your discipline I think subconsciously I was really really insecure about my body and I did not like it but I could push away that insecurity or almost like force confidence yeah. by my like uh, athletic accomplishments. So I would sure. find pride in how much I ran or how much I worked out. And I could convince myself like, oh, I can be really proud of my body because it ran this many miles or whatever. And so I kind of used that to avoid the insecurity I felt about my body. And I had really strict rules on what exercise had to look like. So I did not think exercise counted if it was not at least 40 minutes of cardio at least five times a week. So I had really, really strict rules on what exercise had to look like. Sure. So again, I wasn't necessarily losing weight, but I was still really driven by all of these rules. Right. (laughs) So that went on for like from the point that I gained weight back in college for the next seven years, that kind of went on. So just kind of for some context, during that seven years, I graduated college. I went to a different school to get my master's degree. And when I graduated with my master's, I'm originally from Texas and I had never heard of Conway, Arkansas. Most out of state people haven't. (laughs) I, I did not go to UCA or go to school here. And I was looking for jobs and I found out about the place I work now on Facebook and just really felt like it was my dream job, felt like it was where the Lord was leading me. And so I applied and I moved to Conway and I had never heard of Conway. (laughs) That's really brave. And so I moved to a new city where I didn't know anyone. But I think at first it did not bother me that I did not know anyone or I didn't like have people here because I was very confident that it was where the Lord wanted me. Like I just knew without a doubt, like, it was very clear he had orchestrated it. And so I just trusted like, sure. this is where he wants yeah. me. And so after a year of living here, I felt like I didn't really like, I hadn't really found like my people yet. And so I switched churches and tried to get like more plugged in in different places, but didn't feel defeated yet because I was like, okay, it's only been a year. Like it takes time. And so at this point, I still didn't feel super defeated. I was like, I'm just going to try and pursue like friendships and relationships and community like in different outlets. Yeah. And so I think when I hit year two of living here, so at this point I was 26. I still didn't feel like I had my people. And so I feel like I started to struggle again with like loneliness and rejection. Just like Um, your freshman year. Yes. 
And this is still within that seven years. Yes. Yeah. And so at this point, I think I started to kind of notice a pattern of rejection. And so I had experienced, like you said, like much like my freshman year of college, experienced exclusion and rejection from multiple people, from multiple friendships, from multiple like areas of my life. And so it wasn't just like one friendship that had failed, right? Like it was happening in lots of different relationships with lots of different people. And so I think I kind of started to notice that like I was the common denominator in all of that. I also, like I said, was 26 at this point and had not really dated. And so I think I also was experiencing rejection from my lack of dating life, just feeling like, okay, well, no one's interested in me. So like, I must be the problem. And so I think at this point, I felt like I didn't really have community here. And I later realized, like I was putting all of my eggs in one basket of friendships that were failing that I really wanted to work and not realizing that I had other friendships that were successful and weren't ending in rejection. But I also was so closed off in those relationships. Like I, obviously I didn't tell anyone I struggled with an eating disorder for seven years. So like, I don't really like telling people what I'm struggling with. So like the friendships I did have that were good and weren't ending in rejection, I had up a lot of walls and I wasn't really letting people in. And so I felt like I had no community when in reality I did, but I felt like I didn't because I was focusing so much on the friendships that weren't successful and I wasn't letting people in that did love me and did like support me. And so with all of that, I started to believe the lie that I was being rejected because I was the problem. I felt like I was the only common denominator in all of the like different scenarios that I had experienced rejection. And I think I had a lot of confidence in other parts of like in other areas of my life. So I was confident in like what I did for a living and I was confident in my involvement in church and I was confident in other things about myself, but I was really not confident in my body. And so I think I started to believe the lie that like my body must be the problem. So if I was thinner, people would love me. If I was thinner, people would want to be my friend, which may sound ridiculous, but like that was already the area that I was really insecure in. And so to me, that seemed like the only option. Like that is why people do not want to be my friend or that is why I'm experiencing rejection. And also around this time, I had continued to hear like comments spoken either about my body or about other people's bodies in a derogatory manner that really like stuck with me. And I think instilled more fear that if my body like did or didn't look a certain way, I would not be loved. And so I think that also perpetuated the lie that like my body was the problem. So around the time that I started believing all of these lies, I met my best friend, Sarah. And she was the first person that I felt like I could share anything with. And so we just very quickly like got to know each other and I started telling her things I had never told anyone. And that included like sharing with her about what I had struggled with in college and sharing with her like about the current rejection and loneliness that I was feeling. And so someone later explained like what was about to happen with an analogy that I think is really helpful. So they told me, It was like when you shake a Coke bottle that has the lid on. And so I basically like if my life and like these things I had struggled with were a Coke bottle, like I had kept everything bottled for seven years. And every time there was rejection or comments made about my body or things like that, it was like I was shaking it. Shaking it again. And so when I finally 
told someone about it, it's like it exploded. (laughs) And so after I started sharing, which I need, like, I think looking back, like I absolutely needed to share those things. But I think sharing like did make it harder before it made it better. (laughs) And so. What do you mean by that? So almost like immediately after I started sharing these things, I started struggling with more characteristics of an eating disorder again. So I think like saying it out loud, I'm sure was partially like spiritual warfare. Like the enemy was like, you're saying it out loud. So like. I'm going to... It made it real again. Yes. And so... It wasn't from, something that you struggled with seven years ago or yeah. and however many years ago we are at this point in the yeah, story. Yeah, we're about to the seven-year yeah, mark so, at this point. So it wasn't something that you dealt with nearly seven years ago. It's something like you're talking about it. That makes it, well, this happened, like this is something that's real again. Yeah. So it becomes an issue again. Yes. So that's what I mean when I say like it got worse before it got better. Like I started really actively struggling again. And at this point, I started struggling in different ways than I did my freshman year of college. So my freshman year, like I was struggling with not eating enough or obsessively exercising, counting calories, all of those things. This time I started having thoughts of wanting to make myself sick. And at at first it really did just start with thoughts, but it was like all consuming thoughts of like, I have to go make myself sick right now. And I think that was kind of the wake up call that I needed to realize like I needed help navigating this because I don't know what to do with that. Because in college, I could convince myself that like counting calories and exercising, those are healthy habits. I could not convince myself that wanting to make myself sick was healthy. Like I knew that that was not and I needed help. And so at that point I was like, okay, I like, I need to go to counseling. And so that was a big step for me was like pursuing that to let someone else in to help me like learn how to navigate that. I think it started with just thoughts of wanting to make myself sick and I could push them off by obsessively and compulsively exercising. So at this point I was not actually making myself sick. I just was having these like all consuming thoughts and I could push them off by like running more miles or working out more. And I started going to counseling and I had only gone once or twice at this point. And honestly, for like the first six months, probably we really didn't get anywhere because I had so many walls up that I, I was not letting her in. (laughs) You've been building walls for at Uh, least seven years. mm -hmm, Yes, seven years. And so it was a lot of me saying, I don't know to every question (laughs) and not really getting anywhere. But at this point, I had been a couple times to see her and I had had a trip planned to Chicago to run a half marathon with a friend. And so we go to Chicago and we were there maybe like three or four days before the race. The race was the last day we were there. And so... Obviously, like, what do you do on a trip, especially in Chicago? Like, you're enjoying food. Right. And it was really stressing me out. (laughs) The friend I was with did not know at the time, like, what I was struggling with. And so I just felt like I was trapped, like, with all of these all-consuming thoughts. Obviously, I wasn't really exercising because we were there to run a half marathon. Right. And so, like, I was not working out leading up to the race. And so I just felt like all of these thoughts were, like, spiraling in my head. And I got to the start line of the race and just felt like I was like uh, channeling all of my like self-hate and all of these thoughts and everything just like I channeled it into running and so I started running and was like keeping the fastest pace I've ever kept in a half because I was just like using it to like 
numb all of these things. Right. And I had kind of been battling a hamstring injury going into the race. And I told myself, like, oh, if it bothers me, I'll walk. Like, whatever. Well, I was, like, keeping track to run my fastest half. And, again, like I said earlier, I felt like I used exercise to convince myself that, like, I didn't hate my body. And so I was, like, using this, like, okay, well, like, I'm going to run my fastest half and it's going to be great. And, like, I could use it to push off all of these thoughts of how much I hated my body. And so I get to mile eight and I take one step and I, like, destroyed my hamstring. I could feel it. But I looked down at my watch and I was going to PR. And so I kept going. (laughs) PR stands for personal record. Yes. So I ran my fastest half and I couldn't walk the next day. And so I now know that this was totally the Lord, but I could not exercise for the next six months because I totally destroyed my hamstring. Yeah. Which I think now was the Lord, like trying to get me to not be able to use exercise to control my body and have to learn how to trust him. (laughs) Right. He's going to get our attention. Yes. And so... (laughs) Somehow. Yes. So... Debilitating leg injury included. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to stop exercising. And at that point, just having thoughts of making myself sick turned into attempts to make myself sick because I could no longer push off those thoughts by exercising because I could not exercise. Right. And so... At this point, I started trying to make myself sick. And again, I think this was 100% the Lord. I was never successful at that. I would gag, but I never got sick. And so I think Mm. it was 100% the Lord like protecting me from that. But I continued to try for months because I was like, I want it bad enough. I hate my body bad enough. Like I'm going to be successful this time because I want it bad enough. And I never was. And so this went on for probably about six months until I finally was like able to exercise a little bit. And again, like I'm going to counseling during this time. I'm seeking the Lord. Were you telling your counselor about trying to make yourself sick? Yes. Yes. So she knew all of it. I was like starting to let more friends in, like they knew what I was struggling with, but like I still just did not know how to trust the Lord with my body. And so at this point around the time I finally was able to start exercising again, the pandemic hit. (laughs) And so I'm finally like able to start going to the gym again and gyms close. I work in an environment where like I'm very active all the time. Sure. And so I went from a very active job to sitting at home working on my computer. And so that instilled a lot of panic and fear of like, shoot, I finally can go to the gym again. My job is very active. And like now I'm literally sitting at home all day, all day, every day. (laughs) And my roommates are wonderful. Well, I don't live with them anymore, but my old roommates were wonderful and they, they were wonderful. They're not anymore. (laughs) They are wonderful. (laughs) And they knew what I was struggling with, but they also were home all the time working at home. And they just have very different like behaviors around food or like Also, I recognize now like their bodies have different needs than mine because they're not as active as me. And so like at the time I could not see that though. All I saw was like, okay, I'm sitting at home and like they're not eating right now. So I shouldn't eat right now. Yeah. Like they don't eat breakfast. I shouldn't eat breakfast. Like I was constantly comparing. And so ask a quick question. uh So you had roommates at the time and you were actively trying to make yourself sick on occasion were like how are you I guess you're hiding this from them they Um, knew um but it was usually happening when they were not home sure and I was very like 
like at this point like I did not want to be in the position I was in and so I would I was like actively trying to invite people in like I would text people when I was in those moments and be like please pray like I don't want to make myself sick like I don't like I don't want like I know I don't want to do this but I do want to do it and I don't want to pray that I won't make myself sick because I really want to (laughs) but like I need you to like step into that with me so I was very intentional about trying to like let people in right um but at the same time like it was normally happening when I was alone so they they normally were not there but they did know that that was something I was struggling with yeah 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 so at this point, I think I'm panicked about not being able to work out. I'm panicked about sitting at home all day. I'm really focused on comparing like how much I'm eating to how much other people are eating. And like, I, if they're not eating, I shouldn't be eating. Like, right. And at this point, I've tried to make myself sick for the last like six months and I've never been successful. And I know that I'm really successful at restricting calories. And so I kind of switched gears of like, okay, well, I haven't been successful at this. So like, I'm going to go go back back to what I know I'm successful at. And so started counting calories again, not eating enough, over exercising. Because at this point, I'm like starting to be able to exercise again. And so anyway, that's kind of like, I shifted gears back to that. And at this point, that continued for a little bit. And I hit about the year mark of going to counseling. Um, So at this point, like, I have been seeking counseling. I have been really seeking the Lord. I feel like my time with the Lord during this time was honestly like the best it had ever been because I was so desperate for him. Yeah, I was going to ask about the spiritual Yes, and at this point, point, I... I think in counseling, I had begun to identify like lies I was believing and those kinds of things that I was really unaware of before. And so at this point, like I was, I was taking those things to the Lord, but I still like did not know how to trust him with my body it was ultimately like what it came down to. So I hit the year mark of going to counseling And at this point, I just kind of had a breakdown before the Lord. And I remember I was in my room, like on my hands and knees, just bawling and was like, God, I feel like I am doing everything that I know how to do. Like I'm letting people in. I'm seeking counseling. I'm seeking you. Like I'm doing all of the things I know how to do. And I still like am in this position. Like, why do you still have me here? And... I remember just like admitting to him in that moment, like, I know I'm not trusting you with my body, but I do not know how. Like, I trust you with everything else but this. And I had texted my best friend in that moment, and she asked me if I had considered fasting. And I remember I was kind of mad at first because I was like, I am like just getting to the point where like I am eating enough food like and you want me to fast like what it's counterintuitive come on (laughs) and so I sat with that for a minute and I felt like I heard the Lord say I want you to fast from exercise and because at this point I'd been exercising again for a while sure yeah and I just felt a lot of clarity from the Lord that like exercise is what you were you've always used the most to not have to trust me with your body like to control and so I want you to give that up and it was right before Thanksgiving so like as you can imagine Thanksgiving is probably not a very fun time for most people that have eating disorders because like the whole holiday revolves around food right yeah (laughs) like it's a very stressful time for people that struggle with eating disorders and so I was kind of like okay god like right before Thanksgiving you want me to like not exercise at all and I also felt like he was telling me like not only do I want you to not exercise but like 
I want you to like enjoy all foods and like, you know, not like have all of these rigid rules about what you can or can't eat or not try and make yourself sick. Like just enjoy the food that I've created. Do not control your body with exercise and just trust me. And so fast from like keeping yourself from eating. Yeah. Fast from (laughs) counting calories. Yes. Yes. Like I was like, I cannot engage in any of those things. Like it's not just a fast from exercise. It's also like, I'm going to trust you that like I can enjoy all foods you've created and I can like, like a reverse fast. (laughs) Basically. Yes, basically. (laughs) And so I did that for close to a week, I think, which for some people are probably like, you didn't exercise for a week. Like that's not that long. But for me, it was like, that's a long time to like, sure feel like because I was believing so many lies that like if I don't exercise and I enjoy food I'm going to gain weight and if I gain weight like I'm not loved or I've disappointed the Lord or like those were lies I was believing and so I think like a week was long enough for me to be like okay like I can trust you with this and trust that like I'm not gonna gain weight and if I do it doesn't matter like you don't care (laughs) right like you're still on the throne yeah (laughs) and so so I fasted from exercise and just like enjoyed all foods for about a week and I feel like that fast was kind of like the turning point for me just kind of for some context a lot of the lies that I was believing at this point that I had kind of become aware of I had believed that my body was fearfully and wonderfully made like I knew that I knew that scripture said it I knew that scripture was true but I believed that I had somehow ruined that if I ever gained weight or I like made wrong choices about food. So I was giving myself a lot more power than I should have. (laughs) Obviously I don't have power to like ruin the Lord's creation, but that's what I was believing was like any kind of decision I made. And that's why like any decision around food felt so powerful because it was like, I'm, I'm going to ruin the Lord's creation. Sure. I also believed that the Lord was disappointed in my food choices or if I ever gained weight, he was disappointed in me. I took the verse, my body is a temple, like way out of context and thought that like that meant I had to be a certain size or my body wasn't a temple anymore. And I think I also was just not applying the gospel of grace to my relationship with food or my body at all because I had so many rules around what I could or couldn't eat and thought that the Lord would be disappointed if I broke them. Which, like, if you're thinking about the gospel, like, that is not at all the Lord. But that's what I was believing. And so, during the fast, the Lord specifically led me in my quiet time one morning to Romans 14. Which, like, I don't know if you've ever read Romans 14, but the whole chapter... Once or twice. (laughs) The whole chapter is about food. A lot of it is. (laughs) And... I felt like he just brought a lot of freedom to a lot of those lies that I was believing. And so it talks in Romans 14 about how like some people weaker in their faith may feel like they have to eat a certain way, but others may not feel that they have to follow certain rules around food or eat a certain way. And it talks about how basically like that is between you and the Lord and the Lord has accepted you. And I just felt a lot of freedom of like, okay, like I feel very clearly that for me, like the Lord is not calling me to like restrict certain foods like he is calling me to enjoy all foods he has created because for me like that has brought destruction (laughs) sure and it talks about how like there's more to the kingdom of god than eating and drinking and at the end of the chapter it says so whatever you believe about these things keep between yourself and god blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves but whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat because their eating is not from faith and everything that does not come from faith is sin and i think i really just felt the lord tell me like 
I had been trying to enjoy food that he created, but I was feeling like condemnation when I would do it. And I think he brought a lot of peace knowing like I am feeling condemnation because I am not eating out of faith because I'm not trusting the Lord. And so I think that brought a lot of peace of like, if I can just like surrender this to him and trust him with it, like I will not feel that condemnation. Like that is not from the Lord. And so anyway, I think in the fast, he brought a lot of peace from that passage. And then that was kind of the turning point of like, okay, God, like I can, I can surrender this to you and I can like trust you with it. And it didn't happen overnight, but that was like the moment that fast was the moment where I was like, okay, like walking in freedom from this is possible. Isn't that interesting how in the right moment, like he takes you to a scripture that you need to, yeah. Like if you hadn't, like you could have seen that scripture five years ago, seven years ago at the, when you were a freshman in college and first starting to struggle with this, but your heart wasn't where it needed to be Yeah. when at that time. And so you start doing this fast and all of a sudden he leads you to the scripture and it's just so powerful for you. Yes. Because now your heart is where it needs to be. Yes. And so I think over the next like month or two, he just kind of continued to reveal things in scripture that continue to like break down a lot of those lies and replace them with truth. And so I think just kind of to like name a few, Romans 12, 1 and 2 verse 1 talks a lot about like offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And for so long I believed like, okay, well my body has to look a certain way to like be a sacrifice or I have to like be a certain size for that to be true. Well then it literally the next verses do not conform to the pattern of this world. So exactly what I was doing was taking verse one and applying it to like our culture and our society and conforming to (laughs) to the world. Worthy of things. Yes. And I think when I actually read those two verses together, I was like, oh my goodness, like that is not at all what it means. (laughs) My body is like far more of a sacrifice to the Lord when I'm not consumed all of the time with thinking about changing my body, but instead I'm like actually consumed with things of the kingdom of God. (laughs) Right. And then Mark 7, it talks about how nothing outside a man can defile him and talks about how anything outside of a man goes into his stomach and so it can't defile him, but what defiles you is what comes out of your heart. And then ends by saying, like in saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. And so I think that just brought a lot of freedom too of like, And again, a lot of these verses I know are talking about like Old Testament laws, but I think they still can be applied to like our society has so many rules on what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. And and that's not the Lord. The word of God is living and active. (laughs) Yes. And then Colossians 2, 16 and 17, and then 20 through 23 talks about, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink. And then how like you have died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world. So why do you live as though you belong to the world? And why do you like follow their rules? And so I think that brought a lot of freedom to like, sure, I'm living like following the rules of the world. And none of that is from the Lord. And then the last one he used to bring a lot of freedom was First Timothy 4. It talks about how the spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. 
for everything created is good and nothing is to be rejected if received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And I think that one brought a lot of freedom um, for me because A, it talks about like, I can receive all food with Thanksgiving. The Lord has created, like he created it like for us to enjoy. But then also like I was so consumed for years with things that ultimately like will disappear and will fade. And I was not consumed with things that will last for eternity. And so I think that brought a lot of freedom too. And so kind of for maybe about like a month and a half after the fast, like he continued to reveal scripture like that to me. And then I got to a point where I would say I was like walking in freedom. And there were obviously moments where like maybe things would come up or something would be said that might kind of make me tempted to go back to old habits. But I felt like at that point, like I knew how to take thoughts captive and I knew like the truth of what scripture said and was able to just continue to walk in freedom, even if like things came up that maybe were triggering. And so, yeah, I think that was probably a little over a year ago that I would say I was like fully walking in freedom and surrendering that to the Lord. And I think it was a lot longer of a journey than I anticipated or wanted. Sure. But I also never thought that I would be completely free from it. And so I think it's really cool to look back and see like how the Lord was faithful to bring freedom from something that I thought would consume me my whole life. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's amazing to think about because I think that there's probably a lot of people listening right now that are probably struggling with maybe not an eating disorder or anything like that, but just something that they feel like they're never going to be free from, whether that's sickness, you know, chronic illness, sin that they just can't get free from, or an eating disorder, or so on and so forth, I think that there's a probably a large, large population that believes, man, why can I not get free from this? Or I don't feel like I will ever be free from this. Or they may even be to the point that you were at when you were on your hands and knees and sobbing and praying, Lord, I can turn everything over to you in every other area of my life. Why can't I trust you with this? And I guarantee you that there are people out there that are struggling with uh, that feeling right now. And I think that your story is such a testament to the fact that, yes, he can set you free. He desires to set you free. And we need to trust him. Like we yeah. just, you just have to trust that he can do it and that he, he will. So I, I know that, you know, even being free from those things, like you're still going to struggle from time to time with the temptation or with those thoughts that come back. So what are some of the things like the tools that you use to resist that temptation or to remind yourself that that is not what the Lord has planned for you? Yeah, I think one, I'm very aware now to what can kind of trigger me to want to go back to those things sure a lot of that stems from like conversation that maybe other people have about their bodies or their diets or wanting to lose weight and so I think just being aware of like when I need to pull out of conversations like that or avoid maybe certain scenarios that I know might trigger me to want to struggle with those things again so Um, it's a large part of it is being disciplined in what you allow 
yourself to to take in yes yes I think too like I have journals that from the period of time where I struggled a lot that are full of a lot of these scriptures that I referenced plus others of just like where I've written out lots of scripture that applies and I think just going back to those in moments where I'm struggling to remind myself of what what scripture says about these things but also to go back through journals to remind myself of like where I was and like where the Lord has brought me in this I think helps me see like I don't want to go back there (laughs) and I think too I learned a lot in this season of how to really like take thoughts captive and replace them with truth and so I think there are moments where I struggle but the moments where I struggle now like stops with the thoughts because I know this is a lie. I know how to take it captive. I know how to replace it with the truth of scripture instead of just believing it and let it dictate my actions. Yeah. So for someone who may be on their hands and knees right now, just absolutely crying out for the Lord to set them free. What would you say? Like, how would you guide them? fast (laughs) yes but if you have an eating disorder maybe don't fast from food (laughs) (laughs) reverse fast yes no I think looking back I can see how the Lord was working but in the moment it felt very much like where are you why are you not like setting me free from this and so I think just I would encourage you to continue just to like press in and seek him even when maybe you don't feel his presence and just continue to like take it before him he already knows every thought that you're thinking or struggling with and so I think like not being afraid to just be really honest with the Lord like this is Mm -hmm. what I feel and I don't understand like why you have me here but he already knows those things but he wants us to bring them before him so that we're not carrying them alone and so I think Maybe that's what I would encourage someone who's still struggling, like just continue to bring it before the Lord and bring it before other people. I think I really wish I would have brought it before other people sooner than seven years. (laughs) And so I think like let other people in and let other people like walk through that with you. Thanks Lauren for being on the show today. It's evident that God is using you to speak into the lives of people that may be struggling in a similar way. And it's clear that he's given you the heart to meet them in their struggle and guide them through the use of your story. Thank you to the audience for listening to season two. I'm always looking for guests for upcoming seasons. So if you know anyone that might be a good fit for the show, you can let me know at idlgpodcast.com at gmail.com. If you missed that, don't worry. The email will be in the show notes. Thanks again. We'll see you next season. Just in case you weren't aware, It Doesn't Look Good is sponsored entirely by Hope Against Hope. If you haven't taken the time to check out our website yet, you can do that at hopeagainsthope.com. And please consider making a tax-deductible donation while you're there. Every dollar donated goes directly to people that have life-threatening illnesses and to make sure we can continue to provide that much-needed financial relief. Thanks.